Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Grid Talk. My name is Ruby Price, and today we're here to review the final qualifying session of the 2023 F1 season, where Max Verstappen has taken a fourth consecutive pole position in Abu Dhabi. Joining me today, we have Grid Talk co-host Dwayne Medford. Hello. And Formula Talk host Sophia Richmond. Hi. Before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And also be sure to follow us on our social channels at GridTalkUK to stay up to date with the show. So it's all coming down to the final race with battles for the best of the rest, battle for the wooden spoon, and two Spaniards on the same amount of points. And a rather mixed up grid with two big names out before we even got to qualify, the final part of qualifying, I should specify. Owain, let's start with Williams, who gave Logan Sargent plenty of opportunities to get it and had his flying laps deleted for track limit infringements twice, so he didn't even set a time. His teammate Albon qualified P14. How disappointed would you be if you were Williams, and can they make an impact starting where they are on Sunday? Quite disappointing, to put it mildly. This is a track that sort of should suit the Williams, and really they need quite... It's still all up to play for, really, um, down where they are in the championship. And that's really what they've got to be thinking about. Obviously, they're not in the points positions right now, but neither are any of their competitors, I don't believe, apart from Sonoda. Now, oh, actually, and Hulkenberg, you know what? <laughs> you know what? It is quite difficult now. As it stands, it, it, it's it's not... They're not losing their position just yet. But yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant being being outside the of Turn 1, I believe it was, on both occasions, it honestly looks... It looks amateurish, really. And he's had a full season now. It shouldn't be... It's the sort of thing that makes it so much harder... And given the lap time that he was doing prior to that, he actually probably would have got into Q2 and, and been able to mix it up with his teammate. Albon, again, characteristic, uncharacteristically poor, really, from what we've seen in the last few races. So it all made their life difficult. But one thing about the Williams is they're running a bit more down- downforce this, this weekend. But you'd think with the sort of aerodynamic efficiency of the car and Abu Dhabi's quite long straights, there would be the ability for them to pass which uh, and probably stay ahead, which could win out for them. But currently it's looking a little bit precarious it certainly is and as i believe the only driver to not actually have a contract for 2024 sergeant this weekend is his last chance to properly impress and stick around in 2024 but sophia just ahead of sergeant and only four points ahead of their rivals in the constructors the alfa romeo cars have kept their vegas livery but seemingly left their qualifying speed back in sin city Joe qualified 19 and Bottas starts P18. With both, half a- with both Haas ahead of them on the grid, will Alfa Romeo be worried about keeping P9 and what can they do tomorrow? Yeah, they're four points ahead of Haas. As mentioned, both uh, both Haas are ahead of the Alphas. I think 
this just wasn't their weekend. Even looking at the free practices this weekend, and obviously some of them not racing, racing, not participating in free practice one, and then obviously the disruption into free practice two, there was a lot of unknowns, and there's going to be a lot of unknowns going into the race on Sunday. In all honesty, though, I think four points, while that doesn't seem like a lot, it is actually a lot when you think about the teams, because Four points is literally a quarter of what Haas has had this whole season. So is it possible? Again, race pace as well has been very up and down with Alfa Romeo. So I think they might get it by the luck of other drivers' race paces dropping down. I think we'll probably talk about some of the other drivers, but I think like for Haas and Williams has mentioned that they are not built for race paces as well. So I think... They, I think they might have it, but I think they're going to be like on the edge of their seats to retain the P9 position. But to be fair, looking at qualifying as well, they had a, uh, I think Joe had his first time deleted in Q1. So obviously that put him back and put him in a different strategy as the rest of them. But I don't know what's happened. Both of them were just like, um, they just weren't even performing as what we expected compared to how they were in Vegas. Hopefully, you'll be damage limitations coming into tomorrow and they can maybe scoundrel point. I, it's unlikely, I think, but as long as they don't have DNFs and I think if they rely on the other team's race basics dropping, I think they can secure the P9 position. Yeah, it's obviously close at the bottom, but it's close by an amount of points that isn't really usually achieved by the teams who are in those bottom four constructive positions. But, Owain, a mixed bag for Haas then, who had Kevin Magnussen out in Q1 in P17, but his teammate Hulkenberg managing to qualify P8. We've seen this many times before from them, and they do tend to struggle more on Sundays, but with an opportunity to, with an opportunity to outscore Alfa Romeo, is there anything they can do to jump off the bottom of the constructors in the final weekend of the season? Pray that the tire wear doesn't go against them. We've seen, we've seen them. The Haas has obviously been the one lap car almost all season. And and Hulkenberg, to be honest, has, has, has sort of yet again proved that, done a pretty good job. I'm not showing much evolution between the sessions, but he's done a, re- he's, he, like I say, he has done a bang up job to get ahead of even the, some much faster cars, really, like a number of faster cars. We're talking Sites, we're talking Gasly, we're talking Hamilton, Ocar, both of, yeah, but I think. Oh no! Yeah, Stroll as well. He's he's done a really impressive, some really impressive work there, and it puts him in a, just ahead of what becomes a, a throng of drivers going through the first sector on the first lap. Then, by comparison, we've got Magnussen. I don't know what his time was initially, but if I'm reading it or remembering correctly, at least as well, he did have his first lap deleted because of track limits. And then just didn't have the speed, so it's not a case of he was going faster and then was caught out. It was just a, it was just unfortunate that he he lost his first lap time, and that sort of didn't give him the ability to. Maybe he was driving a little bit conservatively, but either way, he's something like three and a half tenths behind his teammate's Q1 type. So it's it's really not good for him, and he's going to have to hope for something to happen, some kind of tumultuous event that's going to get him further up the grid. Because right now, it's they are going to finish at, at the bottom of the table, and that's terrible for them essentially yeah definitely like a team whose financial circumstances have been prevalent over the last four seasons at the very least but struck they really they're the ones that really needed the performance to not appear for their rivals and unfortunately as will happen when you don't do men do much developing of your car people are going to catch you up in the end 
But Sophia, let's take a look at just Carlos Sainz for now of the two Scarlet cars. Fighting for P4 with Alonso and Norris in the driver's standings, they've both massively out-qualified him. Out in P16, citing traffic. A, was there any traffic that blocked Carlos on this scenario? But can he make a comeback on race day and secure P4, or is the damage mostly already done? Oh, it's crazy to think about. I I think it's going to be a very tough ask for Sainz to maintain P4, especially because the other contenders are so high up on the grid. Obviously, anything could happen. It's Abu Dhabi. And what's interesting about the traffic, he had over 40 seconds across the line. So he was blaming traffic in the pit lane. And obviously, we'll talk about that a bit later about the pit lane, um, the bunching and all that. But then he was also saying that there was traffic because obviously he was on a different strategy as some of the other drivers. So it was when drivers went across to do their cool, they weren't moving as quickly away. However, there's been no records of anybody being notified about the maintaining a minimum time, which we normally do see recently in some of the qualifyings from drivers not slowing, drivers slowing down too slowly. So I think... Part of it, I think the strategy, as always, Ferrari was not there. <laughs> and it was just a bad, multiple things that kind of came into play. He was 0.2 seconds off from Gasly, which was quite an interesting one as well, because obviously Gasly and Alpine have been the hit or miss. They've been into Q and Q1 knockout quite often. But this is the first time since 2019, Science has not been into Q2, slash, sorry, into Q3. He had a record of the most appearances of 83 or something like that, which is absolutely crazy. It was Sao Paulo 2019 was the last time for it. I think he can move up the grid. I think that's very much possible. We've seen it in the Ferrari a little bit. However, do I see him in the points? I don't, actually. I think he'll be on the cusp, probably like P11, maybe P10 if we're lucky, but he is a big challenge ahead of him if he wants to get proper points and also as well this hinders the ferrari battle as well for the constructors with mercedes at the moment they have they are four points behind the mercedes and with both mercedes drivers obviously one a lot higher than the other mercedes drivers their gap is a lot smaller as well so i think this has also put a nail in the coffin for ferrari in the constructors championship as well in that battle yeah absolutely and moving on from Alpha Tauri then, Owain, Daniel Ricciardo down in P15, but Yuki Tsunoda with a stunning P6. If he can stay there tomorrow, Alpha Tauri would earn enough points to move ahead of Williams if they don't score. How do you see their race going? Daniel Ricciardo, I'll just start with him. That really poor performance, obviously, was could basically couldn't improve from one session to the next. He's barely improved by two hundredths of a second. There's something that I think it's clearly messed up there or had an issue because even with track evolution, it would have accounted for more of a of an increase in speed than that. Like you say, Dan Yuki Sonoda really mixing it with the big boys up there in in, in sixth. And depending on the outcome of the Piastri thing, I, I doubt he'll, he'll move position, but that could even that could increase even further. But he's in a really good place coming in going into the race. He's just, I hope he just keeps his nose clean. If he keeps his nose clean, gets through the first stint without any issues. That it could really start to put the pressure on, on Williams and maybe pretend, cause them to, to slip up. Obviously, you'd like Daniel Ricciardo to be there, but Daniel's a seasoned enough racer that he'll probably keep his, keep himself out of trouble. And it's, it's the end of the season. They have very little to lose. 
I think they've just got to go for it. And it's those kind of scenarios that can maybe lead you into the realms of possibility of overcoming large points differences. And, and they can they could really prove me wrong from, from what I believe I said last week about them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And from teams who are just outside the top five to a team in need of a five-star review... If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. And also, just because it is Black Friday weekend or Black Friday month as far as many, and many emails I've received seem to imply, go and check out our Redbubble store whilst there is discount on grid talk merch you could get yourself a grid talk hoodie just in time for the temperatures to get very cold and for a discount as well but yeah so Sophia Aston Martin were looking relatively strong in Q1 but with a close field and struggling in sector three that kept Stroll out of uh, Q3 and ended up in P13 Alonso trying his best to take P4 in the drivers championship did qualify P7 with the battle going down to the finest of margins what can Aston do on Sunday to secure those points? Aston ha- last year had both of the drivers in the points, so I think that is potentially a possibility. Obviously, one of them is a retired <laughs> driver, but with Alonso DNFing last year due to a technical problem, I'm hoping there won't be another technical problem, um, especially now, obviously, into the Aston. When it came to qualifying as well, they were just quite quiet. You didn't really see them much in terms of coverage there was no kind of real issues they didn't cause any impeding they weren't involved in any impeding they their strategy seemed to be just spot on it was just lacking the speed for it as you mentioned sector three is where a lot of these drivers were getting caught out on um most of the drivers were always improving in sector one and sector two but that last sector most of them never really actually improved in the last time i think the apart from one or two of those drivers for us, I think they just need to make sure that both cars' strategies are in line for what they can do. And obviously, tires are coming into play with degradation. I think both of them in points, I think it's definitely possible. It's not, I don't think, real unrealistic. When it comes to obviously battling with constructors and other drivers as well, obviously we mentioned Alonso is battling, I believe, in, in his own kind of standings as well. With yeah, just I think they just need to be put the foot down, not make any mistakes, and just have a clean race. I think that's probably the best way to end off the season of Aston Martin, which has the tumultuous highs and lows that we've seen <laughs> throughout from thinking that Alonso was going to have a race win and potentially battling the constructors with Red Bull to then obviously dropping down. I think just having both of the drivers finish the race, both of the points, I think is probably the best way to end the season. Yeah, a clean weekend, and as long as Alonso outscores Norris by at least, as long as Norris, as long as Alonso isn't outscored by Norris by at least five or six points, I think it is, he will retain P4 in the championship, presuming Sainz doesn't catch up as well, obviously. But away then, looking at the Alpines, Gasly lost his final lap in Q3 and stayed 10th, but after strong showings last weekend in Vegas... Is it back down to earth for the French team with Esteban Ocon only in P12? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I think Ocon's done a fairly good job. Apparently, he is under the weather a bit. 
and I don't know what that accounts for. So it's not like fuel where you can work out exactly how much how much of a lap delta you can get for, per, per illness you have. But apparently he's still coming through with it. And he's only a three and a bit tenths off his teammate going through Q2. So I don't actually really think it's that bad. He'll be directly behind him on the grid. They'll be looking to see what they can do to... to I, I guess they're racing for pride at this point, to be honest with you. There's, no, there's nothing they can gain points-wise in the constructors. It's only down to what they can gain in the drivers. Um, apart from that, they're, they're just, they'll be looking for a, a couple of points here and there. You know what? In fact, provide some an entertaining race. They just need to get into battles, get some sponsor time, sh- show some good value for money from their recent investors. That, that, that's really all they've got to do. It, it's freeing in that way. So I wouldn't put it past the Alpines to, to really go for a race win at this point. Just be like, we, we've got nothing else we can do. Let's go for it. They'll have to hope for a lot of other things to go their way on that one, but just send it. Have fun. That's what they'll be looking to do in the race tomorrow. Just get Gasly to take out everyone ahead of him at turn one, and then Ocon can drive through and fight Lewis Hamilton for P for P one with Hamilton being the driver between the two Alpines. And speaking of the Mercedes driver Sophia, George Russell looks strong in FP three, and as the Mercedes driver who actually did take part in all three of the practice sessions this weekend, he has been the stronger-looking Mercedes of the two. Many had him as a contender for pole position. He's ended up in P4, and he did knock out his teammate in Q2, who will be starting P11, as I already mentioned. Did you think Russell could challenge for pole today? And do you think that Mercedes can stay ahead of Ferrari in their fight for P2 in the championship? I think for sure, and he might actually start a little bit higher up, George, because at the moment... I'm not seeing any new news, but uh, Oscar Piastri is currently being investigated for impeding Pierre Gasly doing that. So that could have an effect on the standings. Not seeing any news of what decisions been made so far. But looking at the free practices again, George, two out of the three, was performing well. And he had the best times going in. Hamilton saying that there's something wrong with the car not set up right. Even in his post-races, he didn't really give much. It was just... For some reason, the car was just not set up right. And I think George said it very well post-show, where when it comes to F1, the cars can be probably set up the same, but they have different sweet spots and they something just all clicks all together, which sometimes they don't even know as drivers how that is even possible. And I think it went more to George's favor this qualifying compared to Lewis. Lewis, this is since 2014, this is the sec- this is the most times moving phrase that. Lewis Hamilton has not been into Q3 for consecutive qualifyings for the first time since 2014. There we go. <laughs> Took a few chances on that. But which is crazy the thing as well. He has had pole for five times as well in Abu Dhabi. This is one of his tracks. And for him to be knocked out by his teammate as well as George was the last driver to come across in Q2 to bump him out and everything. I think Mercedes does have a better advantage compared to Ferrari, obviously with signs starting a little bit lower down, as mentioned. I think they have probably the stronger opportunity to do well and stay into P2 and the constructors. As mentioned, it's very close to each other. I think because obviously Ferrari's race strategy has always not been the best and the tire management as well and just overall driving has never been set up for races. Mercedes does have it set up for races a lot better. So I think I think Lewis can move more into the points. I think George is challenging for a podium, I think he said as well. So 
it wouldn't put it past me for him to have a podium. I think that would be quite nice. Who knows? Maybe a win as well. That would be a fun, bold prediction for it. But hopefully they can get some good points and keep the P2 and the Constructors, which is the main focus for tomorrow's race. Yeah, according to George's interviews, he's always apparently missing out on a podium due to something or other. Uh, he's been ill for two weeks as well, apparently. He said that he's running on three hours of sleep and barely eating and everything for the last two weeks. And apparently that's where he's come very well into his driving style and qualify, which apparently being sick is where you can get top uh, slightly. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lower body weight for not eating properly, all of that stuff. I'm sure if it came down to it, some teams would try and abuse that advantage somewhere down the line. But, Wayne, let's talk about Red Bull then. Sergio Perez had the lap time deleted and has qualified P9. His lap that was deleted ultimately, I think, was only good enough for P5. But his teammates on pole, as I think everyone was predicting going into this race weekend. What is there to play for now for Red Bull? Do they do they give Perez an opportunity to try and win? Do they just let it play out and have Max sail away into the distance? They could the Red Bull the team can try and can try and give Perez a win. There's no way Max is going to allow that. We've seen it before, and I guarantee if we if they tried it, we'd see it again. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm usually quite unimpressed by Perez, and I, I am yet again. Fifth would have been still. We're talking three or four tenths off of his teammate, and and that's been the gap all year. Sometimes it's gone a bit higher. Sometimes it's been a bit lower on on Perez's good days, but. For the most part, it's, it's been quite a poor qualifier. Luckily, everything's done and dusted. He is above. He is P2 in the championship. Verstappen's P1, but Verstappen doesn't seem to... He's not like Lewis Hamilton, where he seemingly checks out once he's won the championship. This guy, the guy's still pushing. We saw they have massive issues in, in, in FP3, and Verstappen really not enjoying the car, and then he comes along and just bangs in some lap times, he was the fastest in Q1 straight off the bat. No one could approach his speed in that. And it was the same through every other lap that he did. Verstappen's in the place to win this race quite comfortably, I think. And I'll put it this way. Red Bull are about 300 and a bit kilometers away from having built the most dominant car of all time. There's no, that's, that's all that they have to do anymore. And I imagine that there'll be something. In fact, I know for a fact that Adrian Newey will be pushing for that because... That's always between him and Gordon Murray. That's what they've been trading blows on um, for quite a while as as car designers, and and that that's all this really is left to play for at this point. You mean there is something to play for other than whether George will be wearing a sombrero on tomorrow's race show? Let's be honest, that's not happening. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way that that Perez wins this race. I'm going to say it right here, right now. Which means that George will be wearing the sombrero then. I don't know which, which <laughs> it went. For the context of everyone listening who hasn't 
George Housen and Tom Horrocks have got a bet on as to whether Sergio Perez wins a race this season. It's the final race tomorrow, and obviously Perez hasn't won a race yet since the bet was made. But if Perez does win a race, Tom Horrocks has to wear a sombrero on the show, and only a sombrero on the show. If Perez does, doesn't win a race, George Housen has to wear a sombrero, and he's hosting tomorrow's show. So tune in tomorrow at 4pm. But we've not finished even going through the rest of the teams yet. Sophia, let's talk about McLaren, who we've obviously mentioned Piastri. I don't know if there is an actual investigation or not, but there has obviously been talk about his impeding of Gasly in Q3. He's starting P3. Lando was perpendicular to the track at one point on his final flying lap. I hope I've used the right word there. And ultimately, is P5 having not been able to improve? Have McLaren, have they let Red Bull off the hook today? Because they looked like they had a very fast car and could potentially have been on pole. I think Norris, that last lap, had not been him going sideways, I think would have taken him as pole, 100%. He had more than one kind of slip up in that fast lap. He was, I believe, green the first sector, then purple the second, and obviously that's when he had to slip up to go yellow in the third one what a difference is made as well obviously being both knocked out into q1 in las vegas to now both of them being the top five this is where mclaren we've been seeing mclaren be around for these last couple of races this is where they should be in it especially obviously because they also are in a constructive battle themselves as well so that's a key one to have both of those drivers into both the top five i think with the Piastri situation, and we were saying this offline as well, I, I believe he's been sent to the stewards and it's what's been investigated. It's one of those two that are using both those terms loosely together. But looking back at some of the clips, Gasly's Delta did not change in that kind of instance. So I think Oscar might get out quite lucky without any kind of penalty or any kind of grid penalty, I should say. He might have some other ones for the unsafe moving or whatever. But I think other than that, he should retain P3, which is a great spot for the McLaren driver to have in his rookie year. This is also one of his most well-known tracks for his career as well. Obviously, he won his, his title in F2 back in 2021 for it. So I'm expecting a lot for the McLarens. I think both of them, obviously both of them in the points is a no-brainer to me, unless there is some miraculous issue, crash or something like that, which I hope doesn't happen or engine problems. But for both of them, and I do think one of them could get podium. I would love to see maybe Oscar back on the podium for finishing off his rookie year, being the top rookie, obviously, this season. But with as well with McLaren, looking at tire strategies and just seeing how it is, obviously, P3, P5, they're behind each other at the start of the race. I believe they're going to be on the inside, which obviously is not sometimes, is sometimes the best side to be on. Should see how it goes. But yeah, I think it's been a great qualifying compared to how they were. They did have, a, I believe Piastri had a lap time, a single lap time deleted for the track limits again, like some of the other drivers that got caught out. But for them, they're back where they want to be. It's a great way to end the season. Podium and points, I think, is on the cards for one, but definitely both for points. Yeah, absolutely. And Wayne, then let's wrap things up. Let's talk about Charles Leclerc, who is starting in P2. Of course... How important is this for the battle for P2 in con- in the constructors? Mercedes and Ferrari separated by just four points with Mer- with the Mercs on 392, Ferrari on 388. 
he's done basically everything that he can do today, really, with the exception of putting it on pole. But what does he have to do tomorrow to maximize the swing in points? Win. <laughs> and hope and win and hope the Mercedes don't, uh, don't have a good race. Um, to do that, I would say he's actually probably in one of the better positions that we've seen all season. He's starting P2, which a number of times we have seen be an, an outstanding position to start a race from at Abu Dhabi. Very important. If you can get alongside going into the first corner, just because of the way the track is, you get the inside line for the next long left-hander. And if, if you're ahead by then, you're, you've, you're, you're off and away. We saw Lewis Hamilton do it in 2021, right at the start of the race. And then we saw it happen even before that. We saw, we've saw we seen it happen in 2014, I want to say, against Nico Rosberg again with Lewis Hamilton. If you can get a decent start, you know, go over to the right, stop the other driver from coming over to the left, you can dictate the corner. And for some reason at Abu Dhabi, it just seems to be more of a, more easier to do it there, for lack of a better term. From that, I don't think it'll be. Any, I think it don't think it'll be an easy race. And as much as they've had it come to them, the Ferrari hasn't been amazing over race pace. I, th- I think it would be a, a difficult ask, but the, the option's definitely there. That's still within the realms of possibility at this point, given how close the cars are this season. So, or at this point of the season, sorry. Yeah. Other than that, Leclerc's just got to hope that he can flip the statistic and convert convert a Max Verstappen pole into a Leclerc win obviously we've seen the opposite of that but yeah he's in the best possible position to do it and I, I think it, it's going to rely on that first quarter unfortunately yeah very familiar with the stats of Leclerc poles converted to Max wins it's happened a lot this season but it's also happened a lot just over the last two or three seasons really but before we start actually making some predictions for tomorrow there is something that both all of us want to talk about and that is pit lane queuing and everyone's favorite topic of blocking people or trying to make that gap for me it seems to be something that has started being a problem since they tried to deal with the issues in qualifying with the the maximum delta time which doesn't include the pit lane meaning that drivers are basically just instead of clogging up the last sector now just clog up the pit lane exit We did see in FP2 yesterday, Max making an overtake in the pit lane, which at the time was allowed. If he did that today, that would have been against the rules. Whether that would have got a penalty or not, previous examples have shown it would be a no. But what is causing this, Sophia? And why are people so annoyed about the pit lane queuing? For the Abu Dhabi one, it's a lot difficult because obviously it's in a tunnel. It's so narrow. And looking back at that video as well, Max was very close to the wall or the drivers. That caused so much issues. I understand some of these circuits have a longer or wider pit lane, so you can do it because obviously sometimes the tires aren't cool enough. Someone's talking on the radio about strategy at the start. So I do understand the need for overtaking potentially, but at the same time, in Abu Dhabi specifically, that is a dangerous speed to have because it is a narrow tunnel with a lot of kind of turns. It's not just a straight pit lane which we get with a lot of the european circuits i think they made a good call for that decision however because of that they are now obviously bunching at the start of the pit lane which also is causing another issue which is what we saw which is what we saw at the be in in qualifying which was when some of the drivers almost cut off i believe it was a 
Aston Martin cutting in front of Charles and obviously behind him was Max and then you had the two Mercedes drivers and everything so obviously that kind of bunched it up as well and that could cause some issues as well I believe doing the Delta cooldown was a good decision but now they need to start looking at this pit lane because that's going to be a lot where the strategies are coming into now is that's more of an unknown and there's no way of monitoring how it's done um but the call for that happening in the pit lane for Abu Dhabi is a really good safety decision. I'm surprised the FIA came with that decision quickly and effectively as well, which is very unlike them to have. But it'll be interesting what the new rules will be for next year as well. I know they've had some meetings about how 2024, 2025, and 2026 seasons are going, sprint races included. Um, but they definitely need to start considering what's happening in the pit lane now because that can cause a lot of safety issues for the drivers, the cars, and even the staff around. Remember, Cameron almost got hit in the Abu Dhabi in the three practice for that as well. Yeah, I, I want to take a sort of a different approach to it, which is that obviously we've made this change for the Delta Times for as because it was a safety issue. And now, and obviously we've made this change this weekend because it's a safety issue to have cars passing each other in what is a very narrow pit lane. What if they come together? What if they get blocked? What if the pit lane gets blocked? Then that becomes an issue for driver for uh, for medical cars uh, and safety cars to get out on the on the track or and what have you. In qualifying, it'd be the it'd be with a medical car, but obviously during a race situation, and the law of unintended consequences come in, and now we've got drivers going ridiculously slowly through the pit exit sitting there and crawling their way through and then and then you've got drivers queuing up in the pit lane which is probably a little bit safer um but then we've got the same problem where you know what if that we, we have we had drivers on fast laps while there were still drivers in the pit lane and that says to me that okay we've got drivers doing qualifying laps at maximum attack what if one of those goes off and you need to get a medical car out there oh you can't now because we've now got a very narrow pit lane and there's cars that are as large as the medical car five meters long two meters wide and you've got to somehow quickly get a safety vehicle there for what could be you know it, it, say it was Grosjean's tra- crash and we had a similar rule in place and there was a bl- and and you're trying to so that happened in the qualifying session you're trying to get a medical car to it very rapidly and you can't because you're trying you're having to have the medical car navigate their way through what would be a very congested pit lane and I'm, I'm assuming the drivers and the teams would bend over backwards to to get out of the way in that case or speed up or whatever obviously that's this is a very extreme but at, at those times split second seconds matter and i think it's just i i, I don't want to just criticize what they've done i think it was a good solution to what they to what was happening but like i say there's now an unintended consequence and i think maybe to get around that we've got to say okay you know what the minimum speed you can go is the pit lane speed limiter that that's the minimum speed you can go and you can sort out getting out of the pit lane with the times that you get out of the pit lane like what if you know what if you happen to go out the same as another driver and is a, and you end up one after the other line astern then i'm sorry that's just what happened i i assume the teams will try and find a way around that but currently i i think an 80k an hour or 100k an hour whatever it ends up being speed limit for being on the track or being in the pit lane any part of it would be a good way to start solving this and maybe the teams would think you know what let's space out when we go on track uh, I, I think that's right now possibly the best solution we have but it needs to be sorted because as I say that that really could be an issue for safety going forward 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think another issue that sort of compounded it all together was that queuing up at the end of the pit lane, waiting for the session to start. Maybe that's something that also maybe needs to be addressed as part of it. Because if you bring in, you can only go at the pit lane speed limiter in the pit lane. How does that then apply to cars starting at the end of the pit lane? But we can talk about that in the post show of today or even later at another point. Now, let's get on to some predictions for this race tomorrow. Now, Sophia, we'll start with you. Who takes your podium? You know, in, who's on the top step? My podium, I think it's a no-brainer given the season he has had. I think Max will convert his pole into a win. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> sorry, George. Uh, <laughs> I think for Pete. I will say probably George Russell, I think. Maybe we'll see. And then for P3, let's go Oscar Piastri. So I think something's going to happen to the Ferrari in, and it's just going to end badly. I think stolen points, but that's my podium. Max, George, then Oscar. Interesting. And it is quite likely that something might go wrong for the Ferrari. It tends to do as far as the toss a coin odds go for it. Owain, your podium prediction for tomorrow, please. I can't not pre- I can't not predict Verstappen to get P one, take win. And then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the McLaren's having a really good race. They've shown really good pace today, so I reckon we're gonna get Piastri in P two and then Norris in P three. So undoubtedly in that situation we're gonna get Norris asking to be put ahead of Oscar when they are Yeah, yeah. So and you know what, this guy's been this guy's been in front of me all season. I want P two. I'm predicting that the the management over at McLaren are going, no, that's not happening. <laughs> some team management coming from McLaren then as far as Wayne is predicting for tomorrow. But now for some bold predictions then, something a little bit a little bit off-piste, a little bit less likely to happen. Let's start with you, Sophia. What's your bold prediction for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Yuki in the points, I think, I wouldn't say he will stay in peace six i think he will be in the points at some aspect hopefully maybe that might help with the constructors battle but i think that's a, a slight bold prediction is for him to be in the points he's not really been in he's been in and out of the points for the season so far nice way to end frank toss's career working with alvatari as well for his i believe it's 200 something appearance in racing or 300 something appearance so it'll be a nice way to end the season Absolutely. That would be a nice way to end the season for a very long-standing team principle as well, and arguably one of the reasons as to why, when they have had success, AlphaTauri have been there. But Owain, your bold prediction, please. I'll be honest, Sophia, I wish you'd not said Sonoda in the points, because it's going to make mine look way way worse. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Sonoda to get a podium. That's what I'll go for. <laughs> so Sonoda gets a podium. End off. But that messes up your McLaren podiums. I the never prediction I, I, can supersede it. I maintain this. I've done this. I've done this for years now, and everyone takes an issue with it. I'm allowed to have my bold prediction clash with my main prediction. <laughs> That's the rule. Your bold prediction can supersede your podium prediction. And I'm going to chuck in a bold prediction, a little bit tongue in cheek. With a few laps to go, Sergeant is going to collide with a hat, causing a yellow flag and a safety car. That's going to affect the close battles that we've got in the constructors going on tomorrow. A little bit tongue-in-cheek from me, but that's my bold prediction. Mercedes are going to... What will happen is, Mercedes, that they'll be in like comfortable second in the constructors, 
and then Ferrari, both Ferraris will pit, and they'll get and they'll get softs, and then they'll just go straight past on the final lap. Imagine oh, that. They were shouting down the radio and everything. We'll have shot. We won't hear it, but we'll see shots of it on the camera on the feed. No, that's all right. Now, who's the race director tomorrow? Is it Freitas or Vitic or do they still have those two as the race directors anymore? We don't really listen. We don't find really out about the race the directors anymore. <laughs> yeah, stick so around we'll, for the post show where we stick Google around for it. the post show where we Google it. But oh, Wayne, is there anything you want to plug before we move on? I. I would love to post my new social channels, but unfortunately, I don't remember what they're called. I think it's a Wayne underscore or something like that. I don't know. I'm the one that types it half of the time. Yeah, I don't. But instead, I will post some other socials. So if you want to keep up to date with, with the last race of the season and our show plans, assuming there's no red flags or something like that, but you'll find out any updates, if there are, to, to our show times, Grid Talk UK, which is where you can find all Grid Talk information on our socials. Yeah. And Sophia, what do you want to plug? As mentioned, I co-host Formula Talk, which covers everything that is non-F1, so F2, F3. We just released an episode about Macaw's F3 race. We previewed, obviously, F2 is finishing the season this weekend in Abu Dhabi as well. It's going down to the last race with a 16-point difference between Frederick Vesti and Teo Porcher, both Academy drivers. You can listen to us wherever you listen to Grid Talk on all um, streaming platforms. It is the sister show. Um, and I'll plug again also the social media channels at Grid Talk UK. Stay up to date with any new news. And continuing a trend, I'm going to plug the Grid Talk UK social channels where you can stay up to date with any news about the show. But also, yeah, uh, if you want to find anything more from me, I am at rubes001 on Instagram and threads. And I'm at rubes.com blue sky dot whatever it is on blue sky the platform that isn't twitter but grid talk is available on youtube where most episodes are recorded live as well as amazon fire spotify google Podcasts, apple music verbal and pocket casts just search formula on grid talk for our back catalog of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results please consider supporting the channel on patreon so we can get mics lights and better recording equipment and also make sure you subscribe to the first know when each new weekly episode is released We'll be back tomorrow with the F1 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix race show, not qualifying show. This is the qualifying show. George may or may not be wearing a sombrero, so make sure you stick around for that. And we'll also be doing a post show right now. But thank you very much for listening to the Grid Top Podcast presented by Bet Online, And goodbye.